Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. There's an old saying that when men marry, they hope their wives never change. And when women marry, they hope their husbands will. In reality, both people will change over time. But how they change and who is in charge of that change can make all the difference in whether the relationship thrives. And one of the common challenges that I see when working with couples is that each one has a built-in scapegoat. I often hear, well, if my partner would just do this or stop doing that, then everything would be great. And it is perfectly okay to make requests for changes in your partner's behavior. The challenge is when your partner isn't interested in making that change. And another common problem is when one partner believes it is their job to make their partner happy, or even worse, it's their partner's job to make them happy. These kind of relationships frequently end up in an unproductive tug of war. So what do you do if any of this describes the dynamic in your marriage? Well, my guest today, transformation mentor Deborah Beck, is here to talk about how these stressful patterns develop and the steps that you can take to stop them. Deborah, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about this very common but also very, like, beat your head against the wall. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I hear this all the time, and I'm sure you do too, about, you know, some people will say, well, I don't want my partner to change, or it's not okay for me to make requests for change, or then you've got the other people who all they do is spend all day, every day, trying to get their partner right. to change. Right. And it's like, reminds me of that old joke about how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, right. but the light bulb <laughs> really has to want to change. I mean, you know, it's like... Right, right. So what behind this pattern or this desire or whatever we want to call it of wanting our partners to change? Well, I think the the deep patterning is not loving yourself. I think Mm. that when we're not okay with who we are, we then project to the outside to make us feel good. So if I don't feel good naturally, I don't love myself, then I'm looking for everything to make me feel good. And a partner is probably the biggest place people do that. You you know what I mean? They just totally, if they don't feel good and they don't they aren't loving themselves, they don't feel good enough, then they will expect the outside source, their partner, to do the job for them. And it's virtually an impossible job put on any partner. Well, and I've seen that. You know, I I will see people, and and I will talk about this myself because, you know, I – I'm not sure. I mean, my childhood certainly wasn't horrible. I mean, it, it, was a, mm-hmm. it was a pretty normal childhood, but there were some challenges. I mean, my parents struggled, and they got divorced, and that had an impact on me. And sure. I know that that impacted um, who I was in my late teens. I look at my 19-year-old self, and I just went, oh, that poor child. I mean, that right, poor pathetic right, human right. being that I was when I was 19 years old. Right. Um, because I did, I was, I was looking outside for that validation. So mm-hmm. I can sort of understand this. And I see this with my clients where, you know, somebody will have 
um, you know, have had a horrible experience in childhood, and you know, they're they're trying. They expect their partner to fill that hole, and it's like there's no way that no way. anybody else can fill that hole, and it's a really hard concept to get through to people. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a really tough one because I think as a society, as a world, we're taught to look outside of ourselves. If you buy this beautiful car, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. If you um, buy these gorgeous clothes, you'll feel better. If you, It's like everything or on the outside. if you take outside. this medication, you'll feel right. better. Right. <laughs> if you take this medication, you'll feel better. If you eat this food or you don't eat this food, you'll feel better. Everything. I mean, we're trained to look outside of ourselves. You know, it's a very spiritual um, practice to always go on the inside and say, so what is it that, what is it I'm lacking in myself, that this isn't about this other person, and to be able to do that, but if you're not used to that, or you're not, you know, I guess, um, trying to expand or wake up, then that might not even, you know, be in the forefront of your mind, quite frankly. Well, and some of the things, and sometimes this is really hard, because as you were talking, I was thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the the ability to step back and do some introspection, do some self-analysis is, on some level, a luxury, or it's a perceived luxury. But in reality, it's not really, because a lot of the... Uh, the traps we get into, the places we get stuck in our lives, whether it's personal or professional, is due to the to our way of thinking, which is formed by our experiences. Which is like, okay, let's where where do we start pulling on the thread? Right, right, yeah, I yeah, I definitely agree, and I and I see that in my clients where. You know, all of their suffering is coming from the way they perceive what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so if they perceive that this person is doing something to them, they will suffer. But if they see it as, I just dealt with this with a client, well, I deal with it almost every day, but the one client, it was a job, and it was her boss. And she was really having a hard time because she was like, he's a bully, he's abusive. And I said, and that may be true, but it doesn't have to affect you. You know, you are taking it personally. That little girl inside of you says it's about you and you're doing something wrong. And that's what creates the suffering. It's our belief system that creates the suffering. Because someone can walk in and say horrible things about you and you can go, wow, I'm wondering what's they got going up on, on the wrong side bed. of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what's going on with their day instead of, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? I've done something wrong. It's totally how you perceive it. And so I was working with her because she, was, um, she actually left the job mm-hmm. because of this. And I said, and it's okay to pull yourself out of an abusive situation. Absolutely. I'm not saying stay in it. I'm just saying leave it through your higher mind, not through the victim mind, the lower self. Because if you leave it through the, the lower self, you will recreate that same situation again because you haven't learned what you need to learn. That's kind of how the universe is set up. Like the lessons just keep coming until we get them. <laughs> so you don't want to have this great opportunity in front of you and not utilize it because then it'll get recreated again. So, Well, and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is to why is it that they keep 
ending up in very similar situations. And that throws me back to Dr. Phil, you know, Mm -hmm. love him or hate him, about, so what's the common denominator in all these experiences? Well, it's us. Right. And, you know, and until we figure out, like you said, it's what lesson am I supposed to be learning? Right. What healing? What healing do I need to, to do? Yeah, and, and it's and it's easier because I tell people, you know, a lot with my clients that in Leslie world, everybody does what I want them to do before I even know I want them to do it. Mm. <laughs> I, wow. I tell and I tell my clients, my problem is I can't get anybody else to buy into Leslie world. You know, right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You know, all of yeah, these so, people are doing things that I don't want them to do, and then the question right. becomes, what do I do about that? Right, right. Fight up against it. Or surrender and and just realize that it's, you know, if they're not doing what you want to do, then what's going on with you? What's inside of you that you're struggling with, you know, a control issue? I mean, I see that all the time. I need mm-hmm. to control my world or I'm not safe. And it's like a perfect example of, you know, when we want people to do what we want them to do or life to be what we want it to be and it's not. It's like, wow, then what? Well, we have to surrender to life being exactly the way it is or people being exactly who they are. And, again, right. it doesn't mean we stay in abusive situations. It just means that, you know, like you said, we were talking before, it's like in a relationship, if it is abusive, let's say even, in, you know, they teach us an Al-Anon. Like uh-huh. you can live with an alcoholic, you know, but you don't leave an alcoholic through blaming and being a victim because that doesn't serve you at all. You know, you either stay in the relationship and live happily, quite frankly. There are people that live with alcoholics that are just fine. Mm-hmm. Or you leave, but you don't stay in the relationship and try to change the alcoholic because that's like, why don't you just bang your head up against the wall all day long? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and but. And I think on some level, and, and I say this to my clients, well, yes, it would, act, it would be easier if your partner would just be a carbon copy of you. Um, but, then, but then it throws yeah. me back to something that General Patton said, which I love, which is if two people agree on everything, then one of them isn't necessary. So, <laughs> That's great. And, you know, and part of the thing is, is that our partners aren't going to do things the same way we do because they've ha- or, or experience even the same conversation. This is the one I love is I get into conversations where people will go, well, you said this, and no, I didn't, and yes, you did. And I will tell them, if you do not have a tape recorder or a video recording of this conversation, then you you will be having this argument from now until the end of time exactly. because your partner did not experience that conversation the same way you did. Nope, nope. And I just always go back to if I'm triggered, it's my work. So if my partner is doing something that's <laughs> triggering me, it isn't about him. It's about me. It's my yeah, trigger, yes, it not is about his. them. Yes, it is. (laughs) I know. I know we want to blame them, but the reality is it's not about them. It's about what are we seeing? We're seeing things through our wounded child's eyes. We've created these belief systems that might say, I'm not good enough, or um, I'm I'm responsible for others, or I'm not supported, or no one has regard for me. If, If I have those old beliefs set in place, believe me, my partner is going to show up a certain way that scratches on those so I can heal them, because that's the way it works. 
We well, and that's so important to know because mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I use the example, and, I, and I'm dating myself here because anybody who's younger than 50 probably is not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, there was an actor named Yul Brenner mm-hmm. who played the king in The King and I. I yeah. don't even know how many times he did. I mean, he yeah. was, I mean, <laughs> you know, on Broadway, in the movies, you name it, he played this role. And yeah. so if somebody handed him a line from any place in that show, he would know what the next line was. And I right. tell people, that's what we do. We we know what what our role is, and then when people throw us a line or behave in a way that we recognize, we go right back into that pattern yeah. without even recognizing that we've done it. No, and that's why it's so important with um, at least the clients that I'm working with. It's like you have got to understand your old beliefs. You forget knowing your partner. We don't care about his, his business is his business. Let's work on you. Let's get you to know yourself inside and out so that when you get triggered, you don't project outside of yourself. You keep it inside of yourself. You do the learning that you need to learn, you know, and then you heal. You heal that part that doesn't think just because my husband behaves this way it means nobody has regard for me well that's ridiculous it just means he's behaving that way that's all it means it's well, not about quite, you and quite possibly because we see a behavior that looks the same we ascribe the same motivation to it and but here's also the interesting part and i know you're going to agree with me we have created that motivation because when we first experience that um, behavior that ends up triggering us, we, don't, we create our own motivation for it. We don't ever actually go to the person and say, here's, what, here's, here's the behavior that happened, and I'm thinking that here's why it was done. Is that true or not? No, we just accept it as true. Right, right, right. Yes, and they may not see it because sometimes what we do is let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, our partner is late coming home, Uh and immediately we get triggered and we say, wow, nobody has regard for me. And so if I go to my partner and I say, you know, it just seems like you don't have regard for me because you're late, well, he's going to go into defense mode because that's where you put him. Instead of saying, wow, I got really triggered, you know, because I have this old belief from my childhood about no one having regard for me. And when you're late, that just really rubs up against that. And I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just saying with that behavior. So because I think what happens is we get into this weird position of no matter what, when we go to our partner to say, hey, when you're be- this behavior really, really upsets me, what we're really wanting them to do is say, oh, I'm so sorry, I will never do that again. Because <laughs> we are looking outside of ourselves. And it's really hard. And when I'm working with clients, it's really hard for them, as it is me, just to be like, that's not even about them. They get to do whatever they want. If they want to show up with a lack of integrity, that's their business. That's well, their but that's what, and, and But, that, again, that makes it very difficult because then I have to make a decision. Yes. And, you know, and a lot of times – even if we share our beliefs or our old belief systems with our partners, mm-hmm. they, they can behave in ways 
that trigger those beliefs without even intending to. I mean, I of joke. not, yeah. I mean, I tell people, you know, my husband, my very, very sweet husband, tried, was being very wonderful and intended to throw me a surprise party for my 40th birthday. Well, he started behaving in ways that weren't him. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very, one of my, my childhood wound is abandonment. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm starting to think he's getting ready to leave. And so I just decided I was like a dog with a bone and I would not let it go until finally he had to tell me that he was planning a surprise party. And then I was really upset because I'd always wanted a surprise party and I right. ruined my own surprise party. <laughs> because like, of your belief system. You know, and he, and he knew that I'm, um, sensitive to the feeling of abandonment. So, of course, he's mm-hmm. never threatened to leave me, but here he was trying to do something nice, and, and he still right. triggered right. it. So he's yeah. like, going, ah, I can't win. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why it's so important. Like, I try to work with both couples because most of the time, if they both have each other's old beliefs and they have mm-hmm. them in their hands and they know certain things are going to, you know, trigger them, they will call and say, hey, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. Exactly. Or, you know, because they know that they have that. And that's part of the healing process as well. But yeah, they, I can, also... they can come up with, they can decide yeah. together what's the best way to handle this. Right. And, and but I, it also, I've, I've worked with one woman, she had six kids and a husband, thank God. And she called me and she's just like, well, you know, I've got problems in my family. My three oldest aren't talking to me because they just say I'm a control freak. My three youngest are acting out. And my husband doesn't communicate with me at all. And I can't afford to have you mentor all of us. And I said, well, that's okay. I just want to mentor you. I just need you. And we work together. And without her husband ever coming on board, she shifted some really deep old beliefs and he started showing up completely differently without even doing the work and so did her kids it was a miracle and she was just like i don't understand how this process works and it's because we're connected if we're walking through life with a certain partner he is going to trigger us because that's his job (laughs) to trigger us so that we can do our healing so when we do our healing, they stop showing up that way because there's no need for them to show up that way anymore. So it's it's an interesting um, layout, how right. it all works. But again, it's a dynamic. So when we show up yes. differently, everybody in our life has the opportunity to show up differently. Totally. So they normally will. Yeah, this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking to transformation mentor Deborah Beck about what keeps so many of us from being deeply connected to our partners. And, you know, if this is something you struggle with, I invite you to take action now. Give me a call or drop me an email today and take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after marriage strategy session. You can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, 919-924-0463, or send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. And take advantage. And right now I want to get back to this wonderful conversation. So, Deborah, how can someone discover what their old belief system is, that system that's creating their current relationship dilemma? What are some things people can do? Well, you know, I 
you know, I wish I could tell them to go out and buy this book and blah, blah, blah. It'll help them. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the blue the pill pro- or the red pill, whichever one they yes, want. Yes, the process thing. is not that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, the process that I take my clients through is either in a three-day retreat or, you know, weekly mentoring so we can ever uncover those because they talk to me about what their wounds are as a child, what, what were they. And then I look at, well, what beliefs they actually created that I know they created. And then we go through... Um, and it's funny because I'll tell them, okay, so your old beliefs are I'm not good enough, I'm not important, um, I can't have boundaries, I'm responsible for everyone, I'm not lovable, life's not fair, blah, 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 I'm not supported. I mean, there's so many of them. Oh, I and, know. <laughs> and then I ask them, so tell me, give me an example of what triggers you. And then they give me an example, and then I tell them, that. so let's look at this list that we created and tell me what old beliefs you are buying into that actually caused the trigger, and they go through, and sure enough, it's like, oh, my God, I'm not important, I'm not good enough, you know, I can't trust men, or whatever it is starts coming up. So they start seeing these patterns of how they're living their life through that wounded child, that old belief, instead of shifting them. And once they start shifting them, then they start noticing, oh, my God, my whole life is showing up differently, including my partnership, without my partner ever even doing any work. He shows right. it differently. And that's the really cool thing about this, but it's also, as you said, the most challenging because we need to go past, well, so-and-so did this and it yes. meant that. Exactly. Yeah, we have to – I always picture when I get triggered, my little girl and my ego mind, I – I know what they're doing. They're going out and they're blaming that person or that thing, whatever it is. And I imagine myself grabbing my little girl and bringing her into me and I say, no, 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 no. You're in the wrong place. This is your job. I'm going to, and then I start doing my internal work immediately. But, you know, it's, it's, Hard to do without, unfortunately, knowing in the setup and how to do it. I, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been able to do it unless I had a teacher to well, actually teach me. And a lot of that is is because we can't always see the connections, or we right. might be able to see the connections, but we're so caught up in the old behavior going back to Yul Brenner and the script. We, j- we just play out the script without Absolutely. even questioning it because we don't know what to do differently. <clears throat> no, and it's a blind spot for us. And if we don't have someone on the outside saying, no, wait a minute, that's your old belief, you know, and and pointing out the blind spot, we won't see them because it's a blind spot. That's why they always say I love, like, even when I read a lot of self-development books and Mm -hmm. all of them say, you need a teacher. This book is not going to bust you. This, you know what I mean? A book can't bust you. A course can't bust you. I mean, if you're in a three-day retreat with a bunch of people or a three-day one-on-one, yes, then you're going to get someone. But, but we need people outside of our own emotional beings to be able to say, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, look well, what you're and, doing. And it's interesting because you talk about that. And, oh, by the way, our partner or a best friend mm-hmm. isn't yeah. going to be able to do that. Nope. I nope. Mean, very, very rarely you might have somebody who can, but especially 
you know, I, I get this all the time where I will say things, and one of the pers- one of the people will say, "Well, I've been saying that for years." I said, "Yes, but they can't hear it from you because right. you have an emotional stake in them Absolutely. doing something Absolutely. different, and I don't." And I think with best friends or good friends, they're just yes man men mm-hmm. to you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. So they actually play the part of the the, the lower mind. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not ever, you know, very few people, I mean, I do have some really good friends in my life that would say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Uh-huh. But I would say not many people are like that. And not many people have the tools to be like that. Right. Their own emotional, they get triggered by a situation, and they act out of their own trigger. So they can't even, you know, help you without having their own emotions wrapped up right. in it. And, and the thing that I really want to make clear to people is, we all do this. Uh, <laughs> this every, is, we all do, yes. This is not nobody's broken, nobody's no. bad, nobody's whatever. We all do this. Yep. And you that's know. one of the things that I think people don't realize is that when we're you know, that when I as an individual am struggling, I think I'm alone in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're like every other human being walking the planet. <laughs> uh, definitely. And I think, you know, I always say we're all the walking wounded. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all working on waking up, all of us. And um, and if you have good people in your life, then they can um, help you wake up with love instead mm-hmm. of their own fear which is, you know, nice. Exactly. And so we talked about this before, but I really want to go back to this because a lot of people, mm-hmm. again, you know, think they married the wrong person or, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is, you know, I, this person isn't right for me or this person is the source of my problems. Right. And in some cases, they're, I mean, you know, we may make the decision that we can't stay, but we're almost always making that decision from the place of reactivity of not being happy or being hurt or whatever versus, no, I've taken a look at this from as, you know, calm and and unemotionally as I can, and this is just the best decision, such as leaving an abusive relationship or deciding that if my partner continues in this behavior or if my friend continues in this behavior, then I have to end this relationship. It just doesn't serve me, and I'm going to leave with love. I'm not going to leave being a victim and blaming them because that's just not the truth. Well, and and so how can people – I realize this is a – question I'm about to ask you is like, well, okay, if we had the answer to this, we'd have the answer to world peace, right. <laughs> <laughs> is how do we do this and still stay in the relationship that we're in while we do this work? Well, I think by looking at our stuff, like leave them out of it. If they trigger you, you, it's almost like you go, okay, so I just got triggered. We, mm-hmm. we separate it from they're the cause of our unhappiness. Right. We kind of go to this place of what's going on in me that is causing this? Because if it wasn't in me, it wouldn't even trigger me. Right, and that's what I tell people. You know, I tell yeah. people, you are not upset about the dirty dish left on the counter no. or 
you know, the socks in the corner of the room. That is not what you're upset about. Now, oh. that may be, you know, you look at that and you're just, oh, you know, you have that yeah. trigger. But then you have to go deeper into what is that about. Right, and in me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a no belief that says no one has regard for me or I don't have rights. Mm-hmm. That would be one of their beliefs. Or I'm not important, because if I was important, mm-hmm. he'd put his socks away, because God, I've asked him like 3,000 times, why can't he do it? Right. You know? Exactly. And so so and, obviously and he, he doesn't love me. If so he couldn't, yeah, and I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, I'm not blah, blah, blah. Instead of just really going in and saying, okay, so yeah, but you know, just because he leaves his socks, even though I've asked him, doesn't mean that no one has regard for me. This is his stuff, not mine. And can I surrender to my partner being who he is? He's a man that leaves his socks somewhere, doesn't shut, shut cabinets, leaves the toothpaste. Can I surrender to that's who he is instead of being miserable and expecting him to be somebody else? But it's all my job. 100% of it is up to me, not for him to change. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think I came across something a few years back about we can choose how we want to feel about something, and it, mm-hmm. and I fought that for for quite a while. You know, it's like, right. well, I can't choose whether or not I'm upset, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure I can choose whether I'm triggered but once I recognize I'm triggered, that's when I have the choice. Well, and, and if you go deeper into like, so it, from our wounded child, we create this belief system. So if I heal the belief system, which is very possible in this lifetime, we look at it, we start detaching, we start doing our work on it, we do the healing, then the trigger, when it does show up, it's like I have clients say all the time, well, it's so weird, my husband did that, and it didn't even bug me. There was no heat to the trigger anymore. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that means it's healing. And then all of a sudden, I have clients that come to me and say, my husband literally just stopped doing this. I stopped talking to him about it. And I knew she was shifting this part of herself. Mm -hmm. And once it shifted, lo and behold, her husband stopped showing up because she didn't need him to. So we can shift those beliefs and change. It's like, you know, I'm not big on um, the law of attraction. But I do understand what they're saying is if I have an old belief, then that's how the world will show up for me. If I believe I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, I'm not important, I'm not safe in the world, people aren't truthful, I'm not Mm -hmm. in control of my life. If I have those beliefs, how do you think the world's going to show up for me? Right. That's I, I talk about, I talk about it's the lens that we view the world through, and if yes. and, and those are the things that we are going to pay attention to because it's the you know it's the um, confirmation bias that I'm mm-hmm. going to pay attention to the things that I already believe are true, <laughs> and so when they show up, it's like well of course yeah, and, and then you're like see mm-hmm. see I can't trust men right. And so the cool thing is, and this is why I wanted to talk with you today, is because we can shift those. That yes. they're just thoughts and they're, you know, they're not necessarily true. Now, right. we might be able to find some things that support them, but we can also find things that don't. And so I guess Absolutely. that's... 
that's the challenge. So this has yes. been such an interesting conversation. I would love to keep talking to you about it, but unfortunately <laughs> we're out of time. So can you please let people know where they can find out more about actually changing their belief system, what they can do, where they can go? Definitely. You can go to my website at Sedona Soul Retrieval, and that's Soul, S-O-U-L, Retrieval.com, and you can actually schedule a free 15-minute consult with me, and we can just talk about it and see if this is the kind of work you'd like to do. Um, and they can also call me at 928-300-0447. And what I want to tell people is is that doing this work can make all the difference in the world because, you know, many of us, and I'm going to throw myself right in that, in, in, you know, in, in that group, we've gotten into relationships hoping to find the love and acceptance we didn't feel we got as children. We look to someone else to fill that hole, and we end up disappointed and rejected when it doesn't happen. But the key to the deeply connected, intimate relationship that most of us so want is to learn to fill that hole for ourselves in preparation for a relationship. And as you're hearing today, even if you're already in a relationship, it's still never too late to figure out what's going on. So the question becomes, what old beliefs are you carrying around? And the next question is, what do you want to do with them? So I invite you to think about that. I invite you to keep listening to the show and learning more about how you can have the relationship that you truly desire and deserve. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.